Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Warning, guests of The Roy Green Show may experience the truth, being in the hot seat, and in some cases, crying. The Roy Green Show continues on the Chorus Radio Network. Great to have you with us on the Roy Green Show on the Forest Radio Network on this uh, 24th of July. Uh, next hour, I'm going to talk to you about, I'm going to read a story from the um, National Post from Post Media. <laughs> it's a story, a lot of people have been in family court. We've had those shows where people have called in and said, I was just treated so badly by the judge. Everything went against me, and it was a total waste of time and a total waste of money, and Either she got everything or he got everything, and and so nobody's happy. Well, this time, the judge, in a case, fired himself. He fired himself. We're going to share that story, and um, and we'll talk a little bit about people's experiences in family court and have something else coming up for you at the the end of the show. We'll tell you about that a little later. You know, we've spoken to... um, Women in the RCMP for, I think, five years now, periodically, about the charges that they have made and the charges that they have brought forward and the lawsuits that they have brought forward against male colleagues in the Royal Canadian Mounted Police. Charges of sexual harassment, sexual assault, bullying, just out-and-out um, aberrant behavior. And until now, the women who have come forward from male-dominated first responder organizations and charged their male colleagues with sexual harassment, assault, bullying, and other abuse have been women from the RCMP. And women civilian employees of the RCMP, two weeks ago, um, we had a, a panel on the air with their psychiatrist. But now we have female firefighters coming forward with the same criminal complaints. Two female firefighters and an RCMP civilian employee join us on the Roy Green Show on the Coros Radio Network. You may have heard of them in media in this country, but this is the first time that they're appearing together on a broadcast in Canadian media. Toya Montague is uh, back with us. She's a RCMP civilian employee. And uh, Atoya has been on the program, I think, three times. Her case continues to stagger forward slowly, and it's draining her bank account. It's got her almost bankrupt. And you'd be a fool to, to suggest there's not some method to the madness of slowing this process of her case down until she runs out of money. That's certainly the way you feel, Atoya, isn't it? Absolutely, Roy. It's, uh, you worded it quite perfectly. 
And it's not, not just the financial burden, but the emotional and traumatic and medical burden on dragging these things out. It really makes you very sick because you're constantly being re-traumatized. Um, and when women aren't validated for the traumatic and harassing events that they went through in the workplace, it actually compounds that um, illnesses and the sickness that comes with it, right? Which I think my friend talked about last week, or two weeks ago on your show. So I think it's important to point that out too. It's not only uh, a disservice to us from a financial standpoint and an obvious tactic on the legal side to get you to quit and let it go, but it's uh, deliberately um, making you more sick, and they know that. They, they're very well aware of that, and I'm sure um, Leanne and Jamie will speak about that today too. Um, but I think that's just an important uh, point to highlight that uh, the best way to deal with these things is to move forward quickly and efficiently and sit down with the women and yeah. acknowledge uh, Absolutely. the hurt, the pain, and the, the issues. Absolutely, Atoya, because, you know, we've heard, we've talked to so many women now on, on the show. We know there's more than 500 women from the RCMP who are in a class action lawsuit. Yours is separate to theirs. And the number is far too great for what the commissioner of the RCMP, who continues to refuse to come on this program to speak about the issue, we talk to the women he calls bad apples or problems or whatever uh, Commissioner Paulson calls calls women who are, are in court. Um, the need is for rapid response because it takes a tremendous amount of courage to step up and step forward. Uh, also with me are Leanne Tessier. She was a firefighter in uh, in Nova Scotia. And Jamie Wilson, who was a firefighter in Toronto. Hi, Leanne. Hi. Jamie, hi. Good to talk to you. Hi, Roy. Thanks for having me on the show. Please, uh, Leanne, talk to us uh, a bit about it and introduce yourself, please, to my listeners and, and tell us what, what was going on in, in your life professionally. You're a very accomplished firefighter. You've, you've done things that, that we should know about that few firefighters can do. So talk to us about that and then what, what has happened to you? How have you been mistreated? Well, I started off in about 1998 uh, as a volunteer and just thought it would be incredible to get involved in. I was uh, athletic, and I thought the challenge would be up my alley. And uh, I was a go-getter. I cared about what I did. I tried to take as many courses as I could and um, eventually became a captain and uh, was a... Uh, paid. I got my level two firefighting qualifications. Um, normally, you just you know you most people just get one. I want I wanted to, you know, get two, level two. Um, I got my um, instructor um, level one uh, training instructor certification. Um, I also sort of began. Um, I was a. Uh, a member of the HRM Firefighter Combat Challenge team in 2005 and did that for at least five years. And I won uh, many national uh, events. So, was a so you, weren't the, you weren't the firefighter. You know, I've, I've had these in the emails and I've read them on the air. There have been a few saying, well, these are just the word. The last one, last email I got was princesses. Who, who just want to have the, the take the easy ride. They don't want to do the difficult stuff. They want to take the easy ride. And then when they are asked to do something difficult, they just refuse or they complain. Certainly not you with all the things that you've done. Yeah, no, I mean, I... And I'm not saying that it applies to any woman who joins the these um, first responder organizations. Some say paramilitary organizations. But you... 
You were a usually full-time we're participant. Seen, yeah, I mean, usually we're seen as, as uh, we can't do the job, we're not capable of the job, and yet yeah. we've demonstrated it time and time again over the last, I don't know how many decades that we can do the job. Um, you know, I, 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 I won in 2003 uh, third in the world in the tandem event at the Nationals, or at the International in, um, competition in Las Vegas. You know, I strove to, to be fire fit. And it's a big deal. And what's what's interesting about that is that uh, many of my officers sort of part of the problem that I had it was that a lot of my my um, strengths or qualifications were ignored or downplayed. And um, one of my officers in my particular station would often say, you know, he couldn't care less about the combat challenge. You know, despite the fact that. HRM sent many teams, you know, uh, to international and national events. Right. And, it, you know, it's just seen as kind of disempowering you and you as a woman. And I won uh, a gold medal at the Canadian Nationals at one year, and um, not, one, not, not one officer or anybody even asked about how I did or uh, congratulated me in any way, and so. So you you weren't you you weren't wanted. You weren't wanted at all. No, no, no I wasn't. you were not there. They didn't want you at all. What were some of the things that happened to you? Well, you know, it's. I guess it started getting bad in 2005, and it's been this long that you know I'm still having to fight tooth and nail to for some justice. So it it started getting worse in 2005 until about 2008 or 2009, and it was. You know, everything from, you know, like I say, downplaying or ignoring my accomplishments to gossip in the workplace where officers were campaigning against me. Uh, there was, you know, I was called, uh, especially after I formally complained, I was called nuts or labeled crazy or a liar. Um, I was called a, uh, a troublemaker and a drunk. You know, and this sort of stuff was festering and not being dealt with. So I went to... Uh, tried to get make uh, the fire service aware of the gossip that was happening, and they they did nothing. They let it fester. So everything from you know I was a drinker to you know um, involved allegedly involved with members of the fire service, and and so this innuendo and gossip just circulated around. And you know uh, other times I was undermined. My authority as a captain was was undermined. Um, I was overlooked for a training position. I was uh, denied, you know, after I complained to, I was denied fill-in work. I was a paid fill-in. Uh, actually got So paid clearly work. they they had one objective and that was to get you out. That that's what it sounds like for yeah. on the air and when when and when you and I talked and the Human Rights Commission in Nova Scotia didn't do much or Human Rights Tribunal refused to even consider your case. Uh, after you went to them after a number of years. I have to take a break. When we come back, we'll continue. And we'll also speak, we'll talk to Jamie Wilson about what, what she experienced in Toronto um, as a firefighter. And then we'll have our guests speak to each other about what they're, what, and it has to be so hard for them to uh, to come on the air and talk about these things. This is very private, and it happened to them over a period of years. They've told me things off the air that uh, just absolutely shocking. And... Um, and it's not just these women. There are women across this country who are involved in organizations who are, well, I think you're going to hear a lot more. 
We'll come back on The Roy Green Show. Stay with us. Compassionate, caring, and cuddly. This is The Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. Emails to Roy at RoyGreenShow.com. Follow me on Twitter at the Roy Green Show. And we're on Facebook, like us there. One of the common denominators are yeah, one of the common denominators, all of the women that I've spoken to on this program over the last six years, about how they've been uh, mistreated as members of the RCMP. Now we're hearing from firefighters, and you're going to hear more as uh, as women come forward. One of the common denominators is they all cared about their job. They all cared about their career. It wasn't a job. It was a vocation. It's something they love to do. Atoya Montague from the RCMP, Leanne Tessier, uh, Nova Scotia firefighter, Halifax. You've heard some of Leanne's story. Jamie Wilson, and we're going to continue uh, to, with, with the Leanne story and, and Atoya as well, because after the Human Rights Tribunal turned down Leanne and uh, cost a lot of money, the Supreme Court of Nova Scotia became involved. We'll get to that in, in a little bit. Uh, Jamie Wilson, you may have heard about and read about Toronto firefighter who um, who is also... Um, you're, 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 are you in court now, Jamie, or are you going to court? Um, I have a Ontario human rights application that's on hold right now because the Toronto Firefighters Union have filed a grievance, but... There's been no action on that grievance for the past uh, eight months. Okay, now the union has not been on your side. Um, I mean, they've. I've been in contact with them, but it's been over three years now, and I don't feel like anything's really moving forward. Move it, but let's go back to the beginning. You did this job because you loved it. Yes. Yes. And you were good at it. I loved the job, and I, I am good at it, and it takes an incredibly strong woman to do this job, and I've never met a princess, as you mentioned earlier. Um, but as uh, McLean's wrote about um, Atoya, they, they broke me just like they broke her. I mean, you can't put out with years and years of abuse without it affecting you. And I kept pushing through and pushing through because I did love the job, and I thought I could do it, but it was my nervous system that broke down after being assaulted by one member um, over a two-and-a-half-month period. He punched you in the face. Um, he, he would, um, he started out like that, like punching me near my face, but just stopping short. And then he started pushing, kicking, yanking and punching me. And he was charged by Toronto police and there was an investigation. Um, fortunately he wasn't convicted, but as we know, there's a very low conviction rate with this type of thing. And the detective did tell me that the firefighters that did witness some of this abuse, um, colluded with him and changed their story. Well, to think about this, well, you go to a job, you go to work every day, doing something that's dangerous. You put your life on the line every day when you go to work, and then you deal with this while you're at work from your colleagues. What, what, other, what, other, what other things happened to you, Jamie? Um, it pretty much started from the beginning. I, I was a, a recruit and a training officer, was um, making sexualized comments, and I was just you know, brushing him off. I mean, I was on probation until it got to the point where he pinned me up against a counter and shoved his groin in my bum, and he started whispering in my ear, and I was just terrified. Like, I knew it would be a he said, she said, because there were no witnesses, and it just 
progressed uh, into my first haul, my captain would scare me. Um, at one fire scene, he told the driver to drive, and he left me behind. I had to walk over a kilometer with all my gear. Um, I, I was stalked in the fire hall. He would spy on me when I was sleeping, and it was it was scary. And I was moved, and then at that hall, my personal protective gear was tampered with, and my captain was bullying me. Um, so when I, your personal protective gear is, is tampered with, that's the equipment that keeps you alive, right? That's right. Yeah, and my, my helmet had been tampered with, and I actually didn't complain about it. I accused somebody, and that person called the union, and they did an investigation. And did, you ever ask, did you ever ask why? I mean, you know. Well, I was the only woman at that fire hall. Of, there was 24 men in total. and uh, Anybody I, stand up for you? No, no. I mean, I was already being called a slut at work and being told I was lucky to be there and just keep your mouth shut. So, yeah, they did. No one stood up for me, and they never found out who actually did it. Leanne, did anybody stand up for you? No, not at all. It was, uh, it's familiar. It's um, women are, the women, even the women that have been harassed, like you in the station, are afraid to speak up, and the men seem to protect each other and side with each other. No one will say anything. It's funny how um, Jamie's mentioning tampering of, of gear. My my, uh, I had most of my gear in my car because I floated between two stations, but I had a coveralls and a, a first responder plaque um, hung on the wall above my hook. And um, I, I noticed um, when things started to get bad in the beginning that my coveralls were often dropped on the platform, um, boot platform or down on the ground. And this happened over a number of months, six or seven times, you know, a week would go by, nothing would happen, and my, my plaque would be turned upside down, or, and then on one occasion, um, my coveralls were thrown in a, in a corner with dirty boots placed on top of it. Um, and again, you know, at one point, my coveralls completely disappeared where nobody else's gear was gone. Yeah. I have to take a break. Gone, I have and to take I complained a... about it via email, verbally, and nothing was ever done about it. I have to take a break in a minute, and then we'll come back and we'll have Toya and, and uh, Yulianne and, and Jamie just talk to each other about what has happened and what needs to happen going forward, because I think you're very courageous doing what you're doing, but were you also physically assaulted? We have like 10 seconds. No, it was more of a um, psychological, uh, psychologically battered. I would put it at that. They wore, they wore you down. They wore me by yeah, ignoring me, overlooking me, belittling me, devaluing me. Yeah. Okay, we're going to take this break. We'll come back with Latoya Montague, Leanne Tessier, and Jamie Wilson on the Roy Green Show on the Corliss Radio Network. He's like a superhero without the costume. This is the Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. We're talking about women who enter professions that are male-dominated. Some say paramilitary organizations, like the police and firefighting. I haven't heard about the issue so much um, in paramedics 
I don't know if it exists there, but certainly police and firefighting we're hearing now. And my guests are Atoya Montague. She was a civilian employee, still is a civilian employee of the RCMP, fighting a court battle. Uh, and we're going to talk more about that. Leon Tessier is a, a firefighter uh, from Nova Scotia. Have you been hearing some of the challenges that Leon faced? And uh, Jamie Wilson, Toronto firefighter, and what she has faced. And it's not easy for these women to come forward. And, and we, the, the line was used, women not wanted. I remember in 2011 talking to Sherry Benson Podalchuk, who wrote a book titled Women Not Wanted. Sherry's an amazing speaker. And just looking at a Globe and Mail story, one day she went into the bathroom and closed the door of her stall. It fell on top of her and split her head open. Some of her fellow officers had thought it would be funny if they removed the screws that kept the door secure. On another occasion, she opened her locker to discover a dead prairie chicken dripping blood all over her belongings. And I remember Sherry telling me on the air that she was she called in for assistance uh, on, on, a, on a call she was out on and nobody came. Nobody came to help her. All right. Um, Atoya, where, where, where do we go now? I mean, you how, things you for you now question. are Thank extremely you. difficult. We need that question asked. Because here's the big thing. It's shocking to hear these stories from all these women. And believe me, Roy, I hear them from a number of other firefighters and RCMP women on a daily basis. But what's more shocking is the lack of support and the fact that there's no resources and no organization for us to go to that can help us through the process once we get fed up enough to complain or sick enough. Like Jamie, I had the full nervous, emotional, physical breakdown that stopped me in my tracks and I couldn't move forward. Um, but there's nowhere for us to go and there's no experts for us to turn to. So we've been bumbling along trying to figure this out on our own individually. It's a very lonely road. It's a very difficult road. And that's why we have banded together now because there is no one else for us to go to than each other. And we're each other's best supporters. We can help each other, those who are, of us who are further along in the process, do our best to help others and advise and provide emotional support and, and medical point them to medical services that they may require. But we really need, in Canada, we really need a professional organization for women in these situations to go to because the union is failing us. The Human Rights Commission of Canada and in the provinces are failing us on a colossal Well, the level. Prime Minister that said he's a, whole, a feminist, right? That could be a whole hour on that alone. And the Prime Minister is failing us. And meanwhile, telling the world that he's a feminist and believes in gender parity and equality. Oh, really? Well, last time I checked, feminists wouldn't let women be treated like this in organizations that they're responsible for in their own country. And we're talking about women being raped at work, gang raped, um, you know, physically assaulted like Jamie. I was getting very emotional listening to Jamie's story. It's horrific. It's horrific what she went through. And yet she had no one to go to either and her union's failing her. So Canada needs to take this a lot more seriously. It's shocking and disturbing that in 2016 we're still having this conversation and we're only representing, we're just three women, but each of us probably represent 100 or more women in our own organizations who are just too afraid to come forward. Well, that's an, Atoya, doesn't, doesn't that speak volumes if you have women who are afraid to come forward and talk about abuse they're experiencing? They're afraid to come forward and talk about it. Huge volumes. That speaks volumes. volumes. And I have to tell you something. They're in Nova Scotia, their chief executive officer in charge of the fire service, went on the news and keeps saying how proud he is that no one has complained since 2012 and that they've eradicated harassment in the workplace, to which I laugh out loud. I'm not with the fire service. 
but I do talk to Leanne on a daily basis and, and, and hear from other fire uh, service women who have after the complaint that that very same fire service is actively trying to suppress the evidence for They're trying to prevent the harassers in Leanne's case from showing up to her tribunal to testify. How is that showing you actually want women to come forward and it's a safe place to complain when they're, to this day, 2016, actively working against Leanne's pursuit of justice? He's a liar. He's lying on the news to the Nova Scotian public. That's just wrong. And if, until the leaders get this right, we don't stand a chance, Roy. We women don't stand a freaking chance. Leanne, uh, Jamie, want to jump in here? Well, I, I know personally, you know, many women, both career and volunteer here in Nova Scotia and Halifax, uh, throughout the years who complained about harassment and mistreatment, and nothing was done about it to the, for them. So they ended up getting pushed out or they had to leave because nothing was ever done. And, you know, Halifax Fire had the chance time and time again throughout the years to do something about the discrimination, and they didn't. And they can spout off stats about, you know, how there's no gender discrimination here in our fire service. That is not not accurate and to what's really going on behind the scenes. And, again, women are terrified of retaliation because they've seen someone like me and um, another woman here, Kathy Symington, who spoke out. We, they've seen what we've gone through. We've seen the backlash, the hate, the labeling from other men, from um, the, the supervisors we've gone to, the HR personnel that we've gone to. No one gives a damn. No one cares less about us and what we've gone through. And we're not... The bottom line is that we, you know, we're just not believed. Historically, we've never been believed. Women who speak out about this sort of thing, we've never been taken seriously, listened to. These claims are just not handled properly. And it doesn't matter, you know, whether you're uh, talking about domestic violence or a college student at university or white or blue collar in the workplace. It just, we, we never, we never got believed. And when you're a woman in these male-dominated workplaces, we're at risk. You know, we're more at risk for the, the boys' club and their wrath. So, you know, somebody's got to <laughs> do something. I don't know why it's so hard that, you know, these organizations, companies, employees just can't make it safe for us in the workplace. It's just like I ask you, like, the, what's um, going on? The Supreme Court of Nova Scotia stepped in and took you seriously, right? The, the HR well, only, Human Rights Rights Tribunal didn't, but the Supreme Court in Nova Scotia yeah, finally. But that was only because uh, they, you know, my, because my employer did nothing for years for me and dis- dismissed my case. I went to the Nova Scotia Human well, Rights Commission. Well, uh, Leanne, why, why, did they dismiss, why did they dismiss your case? How did they explain doing that? If you're, you know, you've told us what you've experienced. I've read the accounts also in other media reports about you. How do they, how do they, how do they dismiss your case? What did they say? What did they write? Well, they, they, they had my case for five years, and they basically did nothing on my case. And I'm not joking. I went through seven different officers um, that just went one desk to another. It was uh, kept on... Um, on a shelf gathering dust for a couple of years and nothing was done on it. Um, and then finally at the last minute, I guess five years where they, they were like, we got to get rid of this case, I guess. I don't know. And so they, they basically did a very shoddy investigation. It was incomplete. It was unprofessional. And they just decided to just dismiss it. And my only recourse was to, you know, and I had been sending them tons of information about what was going on with me throughout the years. And they hadn't, and, and when I saw, got the record, the final, 
you know, file. I saw that there was no note keeping. There was no, I mean, nothing was done on it. And so my only recourse was to spend thousands of dollars more and find a lawyer to um, take on a judicial review. I filed for a judicial review. And so that's when, and that took another year and a half, when I finally found a lawyer and no lawyers wanted to take it on. And when I finally did, um, Why do you say no lawyers wanted to take it on? Well, it was, I don't know, because gender discrimination isn't taken let me seriously. Ask, let, me ask, let me ask Katoya and Jamie, is that, is that a common denominator situation where you try to find legal representation, which is expensive, and you're putting out your own money? Uh, Atoya, is that difficult? Is it difficult? What's difficult for you? Well, in my case, it is in particular because the RCMP falls under a different bracket of laws than the regular employer, so you have to actually find someone who has a specialized skill set. Um, and in this case, mine is extremely expensive because he has that skill set, right? But he has probably, I don't know, 20 or more probably RCMP clients because he's a very specialized lawyer. But, yeah, I mean, it's not, they're not a dime a dozen, and they're expensive. I mean, should women really who work in the public service, who put their lives on the line every day to go in their jobs, have, should they really have to take a legal action no, against their employer no, and pay up and to justice when they were almost clearly not. or abused at work? Now, that's with, with, yeah, with, it is difficult, and, it's, um, and I think the financial burden is what stops most women, even though that's their last recourse because the union or their human rights complaint commission or their internal investigators failed them. Um, their last resort is a legal process, but they see what we're up against. And unfortunately, I, I don't blame them, but we really want women to come forward they, because they're not going to get well. They're going to get more sick. Their health is going to suffer if they don't, and that really. Well, it's my sense. My it's my lot. sense that more and more women are going to be going to be coming forward. Good, uh, Jamie. There is a professional association, a union. We've we've talked about um, with with the RCMP. We talked. We mentioned the union to you and and to Leanne. What function did your your association? perform for you? Well, I think the problem is they don't understand violence against women. Um, they just want to sweep it under the rug. And it's all white males, so that's a problem right there. We need more diversity. Um, so I felt like I needed support because a grievance wasn't been filed, hasn't been filed, so I hired my own lawyer. And yes, it's been over $40,000 trying to fight this. And if my human rights application does get heard, again, I will have to pay to fight that out of my own pocket, but I'm willing to do that because that's how strongly I feel that, you know, it's very important to have zero tolerance in the workplace for violence. Um, they need to punish these people that are committing these crimes. We need separate sleeping areas and washrooms and all fire halls. We need cameras. I mean, if there was a camera, I would have proof and I wouldn't have had to been have been investigated and be further traumatized. And we need bystanders. I mean, these are first responders that wouldn't even help one of their own that was a victim of violence. The detective called it domestic violence in a fire hall. And then we need roundtable discussions, small groups with firefighters, so they can hear you know, how these actions are impacting victims and make that connection. Let me take a break. We'll come back. With Latoya Montague and uh, Leanne Tessier and Jamie Wilson, two of them are firefighters, Leanne and Jamie. Latoya Montague, civilian employee for the RCMP, but she had the highest, uh, one of the highest security clearances and a very important role at the RCMP, and she's close to bankruptcy now because of the of the costs of, uh, of, of hiring her, her own lawyer to move forward with the charges she's bringing against the Royal Canadian 
mounted police. We'll come back on The Green Show. Stay with us. Roy won't take no or no comment sitting down. This is The Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. Next hour, I'm going to read a story from uh, Post Media about a family court judge who decided he'd had enough of the people he was adjudicating, and he's removed himself from the case. It's it's an amazing story, and we'll we'll talk about it. Um, Atoya Montague, RCMP civilian employee, you know Atoya's story now. Leanne Tessier, Halifax, or Nova Scotia firefighter, and Jamie Wilson is Toronto firefighter. And I just checked my Twitter account and my email, and there were several messages from Bernice, who is a uh, identifies herself as a Toronto firefighter. We don't know each other. We don't know anything about each other. I don't know what you're going to say, Bernice, but thank you for calling. Thanks for getting in touch. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for uh, broadcasting. <laughs> uh, go ahead, please. What do you want to add to the conversation here? Yeah, I, I would just like to say, I mean, this is, I'm calling out on my own. I'm not, rep, I'm not re- representing uh, management of Toronto, the city of Toronto or our union, but uh, I've been with the city of Toronto. I mean, I've been with Toronto Fire Services for uh, seven years now. And uh, I can't speak for any of the ladies on this panel for your experiences, but uh, I can tell you one thing. I've, I've, I've uh, you know, I've had nothing but support from the beginning. Um, before I even got on the job, uh, I'll tell you a little bit about myself. Um, I was in, I was born and raised not in Canada. Um, English is my second language. I kind of learned it, and I'm uh, half Chinese and half German. And I always got a lot of support, uh, especially from the men in the Toronto Fire Services. Even before I got on the job, then when I got on the job, I mean, I was I am part of the brotherhood, the sisterhood. You know what I mean? And I know a lot of other females on the job who feel exactly the same that I do. And, you know, I want to thank you for opening up this conversation because it's, it's an absolutely necessary conversation that we need to have as men and women together. Um, but, you know, my experience has been very, very different. And I, I, I got to tell you, I'm like, my heart, is, my heart is pounding right now because, you know, I've worked with so many amazing men on this job and so many men that are so outspoken towards women and that really take the time to get to know you and really get the time to take the time to, you know, really give you a chance and, you know, uh, and, and, and be good to you. And it's just been amazing. And I feel like these people are now being slandered, you know, and kind of dragged through the mud. And I feel like my brothers are being attacked and they don't deserve it. And I, I'm just completely shocked at the approach from the media to the, towards the subject because they're painting all these guys that, you know, are amazing as well, Bernice, Bernice, we're telling a story, and I have twice, I've, let me finish, please. I've twice officially invited the commissioner of the RCMP to come on the program, and I've done what they've asked me to do, including providing questions I was going to ask, which I never do, but I did it in this case, and all we got was shut down. The RCMP has settled cases out of court. There are more than 500 women in the RCMP who are involved in class action lawsuits. There's a lot going on here, and I appreciate your experience, but my guests are telling me about their experience. Um, uh, Jamie, no, and absolutely. No, hold on, hold on, but let's let's let's, let's have you. Let's, I, I'm only going to stop you because I've got two and a half minutes left in the hour. Um, okay. Jamie, go ahead and speak with Bernice. I. Hi, Bernice. Hi, Jamie. How, How are you? Going? Good. You? I'm pretty good, thanks. Yeah. How have you been? 
Uh, it's been a struggle, um, but uh, I'm, I mean, everybody's voice is valid, so I appreciate you speaking out about this as well. And I'm mm-hmm. glad to hear that you haven't experienced anything I have. No, I haven't. And to be honest, I mean, I've worked with all of the, I'm, and I'm not at all like saying anything about what has happened because I don't know you and I wasn't there when what happened to you happened. But I have worked with uh, a lot of the guys that were put up on charges, and I, I can I can only tell you my experience with them have has been completely different, and that's all I can say. All right. Well, Bernice, I appreciate you calling. Okay. Thanks very much. Um, is there is there um, is there a division of opinion? Is there is there um, conflict between women on in, in the fire services or the or the RCMP on this? on this point about male harassment? You want me to go first? Because sure. I yeah. don't think... And we only have, again, we only have 90 seconds. I've any woman come to me and say, I can't believe this happened to you. It's never happened to me. Not one. So, I, you know, and now, mind you, I'm you know, not in the workplace anymore, but I, um, I think it's great that Bernice feels that she's being treated with respect and dignity, and isn't right. that a win? That's a, that we should be cheering for that. Excellent. Certainly doesn't. Certainly, certainly doesn't, doesn't take away from the fact that hundreds of others are having a different experience. Yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna let the other talk because I think there's a different thing going on in the fire system. You know, there's always a small percentage that might not have a problem for whatever reason, but this is not true for a large percentage of us. There are women that say, you know, this doesn't exist, and if you've been around these environments, you know that that's not completely true. Well, there's a lot more to come. I, I I'm, I'm sort of guessing, making an educated guess on that. Uh, there's a lot more still ahead. And I thank you, Atoya, as always, for, you, uh, for coming on the show and sharing your experience. Leanne, good to talk to you. Thank you so much. Yes, thank you, Roy. And Jamie, good to speak with you. Thank you. Thank you, Roy. I just wanted to um, comment on that um, uh, that saying that you said to me, because it was so powerful about shooting inward. Could you repeat that? Uh, I don't have the time because I've got a break right now. I've got like four seconds. Okay, next So we'll do it another day. (laughs) All right. Thank you, Jamie Wilson, uh, Leanne Tessier, and Atoya Montague. We'll come back.